Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Season 5 of Eye on the Future with Lady Fontaine and co-hosts Jim Elkin and Paul LaPlaca. To schedule a reading or learn more about Lady Fontaine, also known as America's number one love psychic, be sure to check out Lady Fontaine's website at ladyfontaine.com. Now, here's Lady Fontaine with co-hosts Jim Elkin and Paul LaPlaca. Good evening and welcome to Eye on the Future. This is Season 5, Episode 8, and today is Thursday, April 22nd, 2021. I am your host, Paul LaPlaca, along with our in-house spiritual guru, Jim Elkin, and our resident psychic extraordinaire and love and relationship expert, Lady Fontaine, known as America's number one love psychic. We're debuting our live streaming tonight on both Facebook and YouTube, so a warm welcome to all our viewers. In the upcoming weeks, we hope to add Instagram and other live streaming platforms to our upcoming shows, so bear with us. We welcome your comments below the live streaming. Speaking of our next show on May 6th, you don't want to miss it. Lady Fontaine will reveal all her secrets in the ever-popular and often-requested show, What Men Want. So mark your calendars and be sure to join us for that exciting show in two weeks here on Blog Talk Radio as well as video streaming live at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Be sure to check your face, our Facebook pages for details where you can watch us live streaming. And since we are live streaming, for those who don't know, Jim Elkin is our in-house spiritual guru. Say hi, Jim. And, of course, our lovely psychic and relationship expert, Lady Fontaine. In case you were wondering, she's the one with the pink headphones. <laughs> <laughs> So for those of you watching um, streaming, welcome. We're happy you joined us. And remember, if you miss a show, you'll be able to watch it at any time on our YouTube channel or listen to it on Blog Talk Radio, iTunes, or any podcast distributor. Our phone lines are open. Our switchboard is lighting up, and we, are definite, and we definitely want to hear from you. We'll be taking your calls throughout the show at our new number, 319-527-6216. That's 319-527-6216. Call us tonight on the intriguing topic of divination or any other topics you would like to discuss. We're here to answer your questions. And don't forget to follow us here on Blog Talk Radio, like us on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube, and Instagram. A quick reminder to our callers, please have one question for Lady Fontaine. For general questions like when will Bill call or when will I get a new job, please visit Lady Fontaine's website at ladyfontaine.com, and she can answer all your questions and concerns there. So, Lady Fontaine, since this show is your brainchild, I want to turn the mic over to you. Well, thank you, Paul. And as you mentioned, tonight is the debut of live streaming, and you guys know how long I've been talking about doing this. So I'm very excited to be launching tonight. And, Paul, I really want to say a very special thank you because I know you've put it in countless hours and countless days. And <laughs> I know you really have in getting this to work. And I can't believe that we're finally doing it. So thank you so much. You're welcome. Um, you, you know what's terrible about this, though? I what? joined this I joined this show because it was radio, and I could sit here in my pajamas. I didn't have to shower or anything. And now I have to get all spruced up. <laughs> I know. I know. We're all in the same boat. I mean, right. I've never been dressed up to do this show before. So that'll probably throw me off somewhat. Um, especially wearing makeup when I'm doing this show. It's, an, right. it's unheard of. 
But I'm, you know, I, I don't, I really don't even know how to thank you. So what I think I want to do for you is either give you a, a free psychic reading or a life coaching session or whatever it is that you want. And you, it's your choice if you want to do it on the air, if you want to do it, you know, privately, whatever. But that's my gift to you. I'm happy to do it on the air. That sounds like a lot of fun. All right. I don't know if we're going to have time today. It all depends on the number of callers, but that should well, be fun. But you can take me up have, on it anytime. I know. I don't know. Callers. I, I have so many windows open here watching everything. I don't even know how many callers we have tonight. <laughs> I don't. Well, so. I'm excited about that. So let's be sure to stay tuned. Uh, we'll be taking the calls throughout the show. So make sure you call and get into the queue, and hopefully with more calls, I won't be put on the spot and have a live reading because. <laughs> <laughs> well, so I think please. it would be fun. It will be fun. I'm teasing. <laughs> okay. So you mentioned to me before the show that you have a real special quote to start us off tonight. What do you have for us? Yeah, I do. So I wanted to quote one of my favorite quotes of all time. It's Marianne Williamson's uh quote and it really epitomizes the message that this show conveys and it the quote is actually from a return to love reflections on principles of a course in miracles and i selected this quote tonight since it's our debut show for live streaming and i felt it clearly depicts the underlying message of this show so here it is our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate our deepest fear is that we are not that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be? You are the, a child of God. Your playing small does not serve the world. There is nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. We're, we are all meant to shine as children do. We were born to make manifest the glory of God that is within us. It's not just in some of us, it's in all of us. And as we shine our own light, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. As we are liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. Wow. That's a, a very powerful quote. I think it speaks for itself. Yeah, it right? does. Yeah. I, well, I mean, I love that. I've always loved that quote because to me, it's the most empowering words. And it really tells you because most people hide. They hide. They're afraid. But, right. you know, if we would follow her advice, we wouldn't be hiding. <laughs> It's really it's beautiful. Well, many of our listeners listen and uh, tune in to hear your relationship guidance. And you and Jim mm -hmm. often share a lot of knowledge that uh, it's about people learning to respect themselves and, uh, and kind of hold themselves sacred. So I think that quote says it beautifully. It really does. And what, Jim will probably uh, dispute this with me, but I actually feel that at the core, he's already laughing at me, <laughs> that Jim and I really do teach pretty much the same perspective. And let me tell you, I've known Jim for 30 years and we don't agree on anything. But when we do this show, <laughs> we actually agree on a lot. But, you know, Jim and I may use different techniques, but the end result is always the same. It's what we care about for our clients is inner healing, joy, peace, happiness, and love. Jim, before I go on, is there anything else I missed on that? You're muted. 
Well, I can't hear him, so we'll just ignore him for right now. Um, he could fill it in later on. So um, when we began this show many, many years ago, my, my goal was really to inspire people and to teach them. I know it's ended up to be pretty much an advice show and people call in with their questions, but the underlying principle, I really want people to get the message of really how to work on yourself to be able to heal yourself. So, you know, on this show, as well as the sessions that I do with my clients, I really stress the importance of empowerment. And just like the quote said, too often we lurk behind the shadows and we're afraid of our own greatness. So I believe part of my gift is to help teach and share with people and help them learn that real ability to honor and empower themselves. So the quote I just read is one of my favorites that embodied everything that I teach and believe in. And that's really what I want this show to be about. I mean, we have a lot of fun. I love to answer the questions, but I really want people to listen and learn because that's the only way you're going to change your life. Jim, are you back? Yeah, I think so. All right. What I brought up before is how different we are yet, how similar we are. I mean, we we don't agree on anything. (laughs) Except on this show, we do agree on a lot. We really do. But what I was saying before is that I think that even though we may have different techniques, um, at the core, what we really want our clients to learn is about peace, you know, inner peace, happiness, love, joy. And I wanted to know if there was anything else that you wanted to add to that, because I think it's important that people understand what this show is about. Yeah, I, I, I think when I, you, know, you say inner healing, but, but that, that's kind of general. And, and a lot of people don't understand that uh, when they were five years old and someone said, you know, are you a teacher or are you a, a uh, artist or are you a piano player or whatever, you would say, yes, I do those things. I can do any of those things. And then when you get to be this age, you kind of go, well, no. <laughs> <laughs> And that's, that's, you know, what happened between that and this? And I think that's, that's an important point to bring out uh, in addition to that, that, you know, we, we, we actually can trust ourselves. And I actually that. call that binding yourself because so often we lose ourselves because we don't either follow our dreams or our parents stand in our way, not intentionally, but how many times have any of us heard, um, oh, don't be afraid you know, don't cry, don't this, don't that. And they just yeah. need to sort of teach us, you know, how to behave as young adults or young children. But in reality, what that does is it starts shutting us down. So we have that inability to trust ourselves. And that's the right. most, to me, that's one of the most important things. Because I have a lot of people who come to me and say, I don't know what I want. And my answer is, if you don't know what you want, how will you ever get it? I mean, you have to have some direction. It's the same thing if you don't know where you're going, how will you know when you get there? Right. So those are, to me, the main teachings of what I would like the show to continue to be. And we do it in a roundabout way because tonight we're not talking about anything that's even remotely similar to this. But Jim and I both have a very strong interest in the paranormal. And you do too, Paul, right? Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. we're going to take you on your first paranormal investigation with us. I'm coming up in early part of May. I'm going to be up there for several days. So get ready. We're going to find a place to do. Maybe the listeners will, and those viewing us, will call in with some ideas in the New York, New Jersey, 
area, Pennsylvania area, we'd be open to do paranormal investigations if there's known activity. Jim, you're in? I'm in. As long and as I can find my motorcycle there. I'm in. Well, <laughs> maybe by then I'll be a pro at riding, you know, being there in the go. back seat of a, of a motorcycle, or I'll have my well, own by then. Get your own, yeah. <laughs> yeah, please. Let's, let's not run it, rush into things here. <laughs> All right, so let's uh, make sure everyone's uh, tuned in for the next segment. We're going to do a little bit different um, format tonight with our calls. We're going to try to get them in a little earlier and uh, kind of sprinkle them in through our discussion on divination tonight. So, Jim, who do we have on the line right now? Uh, we have Nathaniel. Uh, Nathaniel's in California, and here's his story. Nathaniel? Nathaniel, you there? Hello. I was uh, looking for a message from Spirit, but I do have a question uh, about a job in North Carolina or a job somewhere. Anything you're coming through with on anything? What are you, what are you doing now? Uh, I'm uh, doing security work. Security work, okay. And uh, and uh, you're kind of tired of that? What kind of job do you think you're going to get? What's this job in North Carolina well, look like? Kind of for a special place, but it might be security, but it might be other stuff too. Well, okay. uh, what what I kind of pick up is other stuff. I actually feel for you, Nathaniel, that there's an opportunity out there that you're not even aware of. I don't even think you're looking for it right now. And I don't, I don't even think it's on your, um, your radar at all. I kind of see it coming in from left field and, you know, sort of knocking you over. It, it's actually going to be a very interesting thing. It might have some um, tie into security or something like that, but to me it feels different than what the type of work that you've been doing. So if you've been doing it in a certain environment or a certain industry or something, that, that's going to be different. Um, but something's coming your way. I'm getting July for you right now. So um, either you're going to hear about it in July or you're actually going to have started the job in July. I also see some part-time or short-term work for you. So I don't know if you're looking for that as well or if you're doing that. Um, it's coming through as just a few hours, but that also shows me as potential doors to open for you. So I kind of feel by the middle of this year, you're going to have some interesting options available for you. So you say something's coming in in a few hours? No, I didn't say a few hours. Does anybody remember what I said? Because I, <laughs> I don't listen to myself. I just say what comes okay. out. Uh, what, I, what I did say is by July, um, but I do yeah. feel you don't have a long wait, but certainly not a few hours. I don't feel that at all. But, you know, hang in there. I feel there's opportunities out there for you. But what I would like you to do, are you doing any temporary or um, side work? Because it, it has that feel to me that sort of like in the meantime, there's going to be opportunities for you to either take short-term jobs or on the side jobs or something like that. Yeah, I might, I might have something coming up about that too, but uh, yeah. They, yeah, they well, but they may, and if not, keep looking. I mean, that's the key, keep looking. But there are, there are opportunities out there for you, and I believe they're going to sort of manifest for you pretty soon. Not in a few hours, so would though. North, <laughs> would, would that be uh, the North Carolina position, or? 
Mm-hmm. I'm not getting anything, to be honest, on the North Carolina position. I, I'm not. Um, or the one that's in your energy right now. I'm not getting anything on it. I don't know if that's going to be what actually manifests for you in July or not. I don't know. Yeah. And I'm being honest. If, if my guides aren't giving me the information, I'm not going to tell you what you want to hear. But I wouldn't give up on that. I mean, have you actually interviewed with them? Have you? How far have you gotten with that opportunity? Well, they just they just uh, emailed me today saying, uh, "When are, are you are you going to be moving to North Carolina for your new uh, security job?" But it it it, uh, it may take other things because it's at a, a Christian music or, or ministry and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I may be you know playing guitar, bass, or something, or or I may be you know working the phones or doing a lot of other stuff that's uh, you know that they may want. I may be traveling with him? I don't know. Well, like I said, what I was feeling that was coming up for you in July felt different than what you were doing. So that very likely could be it. But it, I mean, from what you just said about the email, it sounds like they were already saying, come on down, you're hired. Um, that I don't see. I see that there's several steps involved before you get to that point. Yeah, I wanted to, you know, talk about, you know, health insurance and, you know, housing and, you know, what are they going to, you know, hours and, you know, what are they going to be doing? And... Right, and salary and benefits and all that kind of stuff. And really, right, what you're going to be doing is the key thing. But I do feel there is some security work in there for you, but it may also branch out to something else. Okay. All right. right. Well, thank you. Thank you very much for your call. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right. Bye-bye. Good luck, Nathaniel. Yeah, it's it's always funny how things uh, that seem like they're they're obvious and they're going to happen, you you never know. Something comes from left field and might be uh, even better than what you were expecting. Yeah. I mean, that often happens. That very often happens. But... um, Also, sometimes the things that we bank on, and this is something that you've heard me say before, is that when you want something, mm -mm, ain't going to get it. It's going to stay away. If you look up the meaning of want in any dictionary, the meaning is lack of. And when you send out lack, what do you get back? You already know this, Paul. You got it. (laughs) Yeah, that's that's one of the most interesting things you've said in our, our short time knowing each other. I love that. It's like the more you want something, one is defined as, as lacking something, and you just attract more, more lack. of that lack. <laughs> so if you want, if, there's, if you have your, you know, eyes set on a particular job, a particular man or woman or relationship, what you're going to end up doing is wanting more of that thing. Like if I want this, if, if people who know me are going to know what I mean. If I want a yacht, <laughs> And I do. <laughs> the more I want it, I'm never going to get it because I'm going to keep it away. So I'm going to end up wa- wanting, I'm actually going to end up having more of wanting the yacht than actually getting the yacht. I have to right. see myself on it, believe it, breathe it, you know, smell it, everything in order to actually manifest it in, in our life. But did we ever do a show on the law of attraction? I mean, that is my baby. That That's is a, a my great baby. Topic. Yeah. Right after we do. 
Right yeah, after we haven't you do done what, then what? That's my favorite <laughs> topic of all because I see it like nobody else. Well, I shouldn't say nobody else sees it, but a lot of people get it wrong and they don't know what they're talking about. Right. Uh, I really want to do that show. Uh, Jim, what do you think about that? The law of attraction. Sure. Why not? Give all it a try. Right. Yep. Right. I've so got some have... good stories on that too. Oh, good. All right. Yep. I love it. That's... Right after we do our next show, What Men next Want, time. then we'll do that. All right. I'm an expert on that. <laughs> what men want? I got to interview want. you. It's just right, one I, thing. I, it's just one thing. Peace. We want peace. Oh, I thought you were going to say something totally different, but I know you. You're like an old peace, 54. Right? Yeah. We just want to relax. Leave me so alone. Want to alone. I don't want to be bothered. Right. <laughs> oh, my God. So tonight, our topic is divination. And divination is defined as, uh, you know, methods of telling uh, the future and all across the world in different cultures and different countries, um, there are many, many different tools of divination and different uh, ways of doing it. Um, but the energy and the, the, the underlying process seems to be the same. And you two know much more than I do about it. Um, Jim, do you want to fill us in sure. a little bit on uh, what is divination? Well, um for starters, it's not a way of a method of just just obtaining information about the future, because some people will do divination to find out if their wife is cheating on them, or you know what 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 happened to cause these things to occur. So it's actually looking for any kind of information that isn't directly available from from you know life as a whole. Um, um, and it's the tools that we use in divination are often nothing like the thing that we're trying to do. So it's not like I'm going to be taking the hair of the wife and, you know, burning it and listening to, you know, smelling the smell and figuring out, you know, nothing like that. It's, it's going to be cards or dice or, or astrology charts, whatever. Um, and different cultures use different <laughs> styles or the similar styles with different outcomes and different styles with same outcomes. So, but mo- most of them have some type of a, a random chance element, and then you interpret that uh, well, that information, right? It's, it's not like with astrology, at least, you're looking at, at, at very specific information about the universe and, and where <laughs> planetary energies are and in certain times. But divination is more like you have to interpret what a random, like with cards or rolling the bones or the dice, if something comes up and then you have to kind of – Actually, no. Explain, no? There, and I'm no. shaking my head no, too, on Also, that. I'm glad right. I'm here because, because I'm learning. Once, yeah. <laughs> once Jim tells you a little bit about tarot, I want to jump in for a minute and talk about some of my experiences with tarot cards. But jump in because I'm probably not going to talk about it a lot because I'm moving quickly through a, a general so do you want summary. Me, do you want me to jump in? with? Not me? now, but later. Okay. <laughs> Stay in your lane. Thank you. You can raise your hand when so, it's time so, for me to jump so you, in. So let me let me leverage off of what what, what Paul just said, and and that is yeah, there's there's two main pieces of divination that I've located. One's chaos based, and one is observation based. So the chaos basis comes with the idea that there's stuff going on in the world today, and it's kind of coming down on us. And uh, uh, in order to know the outcome, we need to tap into those energies so that we can figure out what's going on. And we do that by creating a chaotic event and hoping that that, be a created, that chaotic event reflects the chaotic event that's coming down from the heavens to us. 
You see what I mean? The outcome yes, should. Yes, that's fascinating. So it's like dipping a thermometer into the water to see if it's too hot or, or whatever. You know, it's, it's testing what's going on. That's why we get the testing the waters thing. Right. <laughs> so this is, this, is, this is the idea behind uh, tarot and dice and what else? You know, things like that. The bones. Uh, and the other, yeah. Uh, the other one would be observation-based, and that's astrology. Oh, I think right. Jill. Did you lose your? Yeah, your microphone shut off, Jill. All right, I'm seeing you, your microphone is live in the uh, blog talk radio. You might need to call back in for that, but yeah, your mic disappeared. Yeah, we can't do the show without you. <laughs> yeah, you got to be there. I'm not a psychic. I'm not doing it. Yeah, you have to <laughs> dial back in. So, Jim, your yeah. explanation there is fascinating because, are is it spiritual entities or is it? Is it um, something else is, is, that's coming down? Is it um, the energy it, of the universe and, and circumstances? I mean, what, is, what are you trying to reflect in the cards or anything else that you're trying to get that chaos to show up in front of you? Well, the, the idea is that the cards or whatever chaotic thing it is um, uh, are, have certain meanings to them. And, and then when you uh, uh, do your, what they call casting it, you cast the de- the cards or the or the or the uh, the the shells or the the, the yarrow sticks or the the the, uh, the runes these kinds of things you, you're literally casting them you're throwing them right and, and when you do that what happens is the, uh, uh, the the energies will guide those things into the right order so that when you look at the outcome you can see what you know happened before and after and will happen. These kinds of things are usually the result of, of, uh, of, uh, of, a, of a reading. So are those, then your tools are a reflection of the chaotic energies that are out there. And when you randomly throw them out and replace them, those energies will influence how they, they fall out? Yes. And it's, exactly. is, it, is it a non, um, you know, personality entity? It's, it's more just like... Depends on, the, depends on the culture. Okay. The culture answers that. So, so some cultures, you, you know, there's a certain deity that will, will involve in this kind of thing, like in Santeria or in Voodoo. Uh, uh, there's actually a god that's related to the particular type of divination that you're using. And that god will take control of what's going on in their belief. Right. Um, whereas with the Tarot, there's no God that we're talking to. I mean, you can talk to God, but you don't need to. You just do the card thing and it happens. Right. All right. So that's different. That's chaos compared to observational. Yeah. Um, well, one thing I, I wanted to go take a couple of steps before we get there. Uh, okay. One is, one is that um, computers are finite machines. They, they don't, they don't have any sort of chaos in them. They have randomness. But the definition of randomness, if you look it up, is a simulation of, of a chaotic event or, or the way that things happen in the world. Because there's no randomness in the world. There's only chaos. Chaos is defined as uh, 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 events that happen with so many variables involved that we cannot possibly predict them without reproducing all of the events, which is, makes it infinite. So you get an idea. And so randomness is a computer trying to simulate chaos. So when a computer throws your tarot deck for you, uh, uh, what it's 
really doing is it's digitally evaluating what a random selection would be and popping that out there, but that means it's stimulating what would be in reality. And it doesn't necessarily based on any real thing. You know what I mean? It's based on some feed value that the computer used as a beginning for its random numbers. So Jim, is, is do it you possible hear me? then? Yes. Yes, we hear you. All right. I'm getting back on, on video in a minute, but okay. there was something that you said earlier that I didn't quite understand when you were talking about, um, Paul had asked about the randomness and you said something about, you know, the, some, something energy or whatever coming down from the sky. Um, I didn't, I, what I wanted you to do is if you could is give a specific example uh, and maybe you did while I was rebooting but if you take like tarot cards or you take um, I Ching or anything like that, if you could show yeah. us how that that um, sort of parallels with the um, imagery yeah. that you gave I us. Think, I think we kind of covered that. Didn't okay. We? Yeah. Oh, I, I was, yeah. It must have been when I rebooted. So, okay. So the last thing Jim was talking about here was uh, having a computer do Hi. this. Is it possible for a computer to, to do a, – a, be a tool of divination because it's not yes. a physical thing that you're handling um, to reflect yes. the chaos. It's something that. Yeah, it's entirely possible, but that would be with, with observation things. Okay. More. So um, it would be very easy to create a computer that could read your palm because it can follow the lines and, you know, it's pre-programmed for how to read that. It could, uh, astrology programs out there are, are a dime a dozen. They're, they're, yeah. they're all over the place. Those programs are accurate because they're based on real phenomena that's been observed. Right. So there's no chaos involved in those. It's all observation. Right. There's other types of observation that wouldn't be so easy, but they're there. Uh, uh, maybe for a computer, but, but I wouldn't ever use a computer to generate a tarot reading, but I would be very pleased to use a computer for, for astrology because it's a lot of, of work trying to generate a chart oh, yeah. <laughs> with pencil and paper. Okay. Well, is, is, is astrology considered divination because it feels, yes. okay. For, for me, you know, my, my friends kind of uh, poo poo astrology and I, I certainly, uh, my girlfriend and I will argue about it sometimes because she follows some of these online astrologists. Um, so sometimes the general stuff that you see, it's like, ah, I don't really buy into it. But in terms of like, if someone looks at your chart on the day you were born and can see planetary alignments and energies throughout your life and can kind of predict, um, yeah. you know, uh, the likelihood that you're going to be in certain circumstances. I think that's all really valid because, uh, you know, people will, will laugh it off, but it's like you, you go to any police station and ask them during the full moon, are you guys having a rougher time tonight? And it's like, yeah, the full moon is, is crazy time. And that's just one planetary object out there that is having an effect on us, you know, either through gravity or whatever it is, um, just imagine something as big as Jupiter out there in certain positions. And if they're in alignment, what those, you know, energies are doing just to you physically, like where, you know, let alone mentally, you know, I, I think it's, yeah. it's hard to say it's, it's, uh, it's nonsense. You know, a lot yeah. of my friends are very science-based and they don't, they don't look at it like, yeah, if the moon has an effect on you. What about, the bigger planets out there. Come on. <laughs> but do you understand why the moon has such an effect on humans? 
I think it's it has, you know, like if it pulls the oceans, it's going to. You got it. It's the you know, water. It's, 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 it's going to have water. Right. It's going to do something right. to us. Right, because so, like the oceans are water, and we're what ninety some odd percent water, right. and it has that same kind of effect on us. And, Even and the our blood things. is right. Our blood is almost identical to seawater. It's got the same, you know, chemical makeup I didn't in a lot know of ways. That. Yeah, yeah. Our, our, our oh, seawater I do and our not blood know are, that. are very similar. You know, live and learn. So hey, this is great chill. to tune into the show. Yes, <laughs> yes. Hit, hit, zoom, hit the mute button on your Zoom. Ooh, okay. Uh, let me just find resume it again. <laughs> I have like 500 windows open here. That's it. So, Jim, we started okay. talking about the observation side of it. What yeah. did we get to, you know, what's the difference between observational and chaos? What are Well, because the... cha- observation okay. doesn't have chaos to it. There's no chaos that we, in, we, that we create to try and test what's going on in the waters. It's, it's all us looking at what's going on in the world around us. Okay, uh, in chaos stuff, they're actually creating the thing in some way or other that they're going to read. So, like tea leaves, you know, they're right. chaotically stirring the teacup and then they turn it upside down and then they look at it and read what's going on in there, looking for certain uh, things that look like things. So they might look for a horse or a dog or a bucket or things like that. And these all have meanings that they've written down. Um, dominoes, dice, animal bones, things like that. There's even forms of, of uh, 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 reading water and fire and earth. Uh, earth is called uh, geomancy. Um, it's been done in a lot of different ways. Um, uh, usually it's taking us, the way I learned to do it was you, you have this box that's got all these colors on it, you fill it with earth, and then you take a stick that's got all these colors on it, and then you stick the earth a bunch of times and then you look for different patterns in what you've done and that creates a, one of the bits in a in a in a whole reading it takes a long time to do a reading that way but very very Wait, interesting could stuff. i could i ask you a little bit about this sure all right um because i never heard of this before so okay. is there any prep to the soil no it doesn't have so, to be. i mean you can if you want to but that's that's your choice and what are you using again to to do this? What do you, a stick? Yeah, what I did is I bought like a half inch dowel and sharpened the tip of it so that it would be like something I could stick be, stick into the earth. And is there a like like an I Ching or the tarot? There are books that tell you, or even tea leaves. There's books that tell you what the formations actually oh, are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There are books yes. that tell you I, I never heard of this. This is amazing. Yeah. I'm learning so much tonight. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> um, Hydromancy. You throw they throw a rock into water, and then they mm-hmm. watch the patterns that the waves make as they move away, and you know which way it goes, stuff like that. That's that's. I don't know it well enough to be able to say much more about it. They look for colors and they look for shapes and patterns in the water. Uh, I saw a, a Tibetan mala and I've read about a Tibetan teacher, guru, uh, 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 grab his prayer beads and then he would his count what? back his prayer beads, his mala, his prayer beads. Oh, prayer beads. Okay. Prayer beads. Prayer beads. And, <laughs> yes. And he would count them back and, and, you know, based on the, the number that, you know, between one and four that he ends up with, he can create a, a diagram and then he reads that what that diagram means. Uh, wow. And that would be a, a form of divination. 
uh, mm, that, the, that the Buddhists in Tibet do. Um, but most of the time, it's it's about a questioner holding a question in their mind. The practitioner keeps their mind clear of thoughts and creates the chaotic thing. And then the practitioner often takes the results, organizes them into a pattern and cannot easily guess directly from the results of the chaotic actions, which means, like, you know, when I'm stirring up the cards and, and I shuffle them and I put them down, I have you cut them three times and I pick them up, that's, that's all set into a pattern and then we can start laying out the cards. But easier is with, with the I Ching, um, they used to originally use yarrow sticks, which are sticks of a certain type of a, of a tree. Of an herb. And, oh, I thought it was would, an herb. Whatever. Uh, it's a plant. And, and okay. they would pick them up in a certain order, and then that would decide what one line is. Uh, and then they would put a bunch of lines together, and then they could turn around and interpret what that thing is that they've created, that, that, that image, that character is. And they, they look it up in a book of, one, of 64 different characters and come up with a reading about the situation. So that's almost like I Ching with the that is I Ching. lined formations. Okay. Yeah, that is I Ching, yeah. Um, so, so all of these things are around, a, you know, a practitioners trying to do something that creates a, a, an output that you wouldn't have been able to predict by just, you know, looking at the situation as, as a whole. So that's kind of, you know, introducing a, 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 a blind into it, like a double blind study, you know, making it so that neither of you really knows what the outcome will be until it actually happens. Mm-hmm. And then the, out, the outcome is, is, is uh, interpreted. Um, and when it comes to observation stuff, um, uh, you can, like I said, you can use computers as all you want to. Um, uh, examples of, of uh, observation could be things that are based on your birth date. So astrology clearly is a, is a technique. The Chinese have their own astrologies. Uh, uh, one, one version is called Four Pillars, uh, where they take your birth date and they apply all kinds of calculations to it based on the animals and things like that. So it's based on the, the four players of the year, the month, the week, and the day. And they take the readings for all those things and combine them into your astrology chart. Uh, and then there's another one uh, uh, called the Taoist astrology, where they actually use the I Ching as the basis for their reading. But it's all based on your birthday. And the I Ching is actually, sorry, the Taoist astrology is more like uh, the astrology we know because they take your time and place and all all that figures into what your chart will be. Uh, graphology, reading reading handwriting, would oh. be an example of observation. Phrenology, reading your skull. Mm-hmm. Palmistry, reading your palm. Pyromancy, uh, uh, where they will take plants or salt or things like that and watch the smoke come up and the patterns the smoke makes. That's oh, pyro. Yeah. Fire. Osteomancy is uh, they would take bones and or, or a turtle shell and do certain things with these things and then put them into a fire and watch how they crack. And based on the crack, there's actual books written about if the crack does this, it means this. And if it does that, it's all very interesting stuff. Uh, 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 and so different cultures to introduce the cultural thing. In Tibet, uh, there are uh, oracles. We, we didn't talk about oracles very much, but uh, an oracle is a person who will do a reading for you, kind of like what our resident psychic does here. <laughs> Thank you. Think about. <laughs> Thank you. Or, or, or visions that you yourself have or dreams. 
they also use arrows in a very mysterious way, which when I read it, I was like, hmm, I'd like to see that. Uh, <laughs> something about putting them into a, a pile of barley, just sticking the arrows into the barley, and then the, the reader will come and start doing prayers until the arrows start moving on their own, and he would watch how they move. Like, well, I really want to see that. Um, prayer beads, as I said, dice they use, butter lamps. They, they watch the, the patterns with the butter lamps and, and bird behavior. So they'll watch what, you know, uh, the, the, uh, the, I've heard a story about a guy that uh, was approaching the Indian border, escaping the Chinese, escaping from Tibet. And this crow was flying over his head. And, and he was like, uh, we, we, we know that there's nobody in front of us because our intel says so, so we don't have to worry about it. But the crow kept coming at them and then finally landed on his horse's head and started Oof. pecking at the bridle. And he's like, we don't have to pay attention to you. And, and then they came over a ridge, and sure enough, there was a whole army sitting there waiting for him. They were like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, my God. Watch your crows. And interestingly enough, Carlos Castaneda had a very similar opinion about crows. Uh, in the Don Juan stories that, you know, if you see a crow flying in the opposite direction from the direction you're going, you should turn around and go back. It's a, it's a sign you shouldn't, shouldn't keep Ooh, going Oh, I got the direction. chills when you said right? that. Oh, is, my is God. That, is that Ugh. a sign of a supernatural or just that crows are smart birds? I guess so, yeah. <laughs> you know, they're really smart. If they see something coming, they don't want it either. <laughs> right. Well, listen, we have two great callers on the line here. Are great. you ready to take a caller? I think so. Yeah. Um, I spoke to two women here, and uh, I'm really interested in hearing what Dion has to say. Her, her, her story is some neighbor is leaving chicken eggs for her out on the, the doorstep or something, and she doesn't know which one it is, but she's worried that maybe it's some kind of bad juju. Maybe you can give her some All help right, on let's this. See. Yeah, let's see. Deanne, what's your story? Hi. What's going on? Thanks for taking my call. Of course. Sure. So I live in a large apartment complex, and I noticed recently there's been chicken eggs being left outside of my bedroom window. <laughs> and the first time I saw it, I really didn't think anything of it. I was like, oh, maybe somebody dropped one. But now it's like it's consistent. And I think, isn't that like, you know, because like um, in witchcraft, they say that if you have the yoke on you, I just don't see any reason why somebody would be leaving them out there. I mean, they're whole, they're in the shell. I mean, sometimes they're cracked, but it could be cracked because an animal ran by and smashed it. I just, I don't see any reason why somebody would leave a chicken egg consistently outside my window. So this is my window. is it is it uh, uh, what room is it in your bedroom window or kitchen window or what bedroom window mm. kind of felt so is it cooked or not no nope, it's raw yeah i could feel it wasn't I, did, I didn't think so either but i thought i'd ask yeah um uh, it, it it has a weird feeling to me about this it really really does i mean a part of me really wants to say that um I see an egg is, I know what you just said about voodoo, and I don't know that much about voodoo, but but to me, an egg represents life. It does. So I, I, even though I have like this weird feeling that somebody's doing it intentionally, it doesn't have the feel to me that there's anything evil going on or that you're in, you know, harm's way in any way, shape or form. Um, 
I, I am getting a visual on an older woman, um, long gray hair, sort of disheveled looking to me. Um, does that, do you, do you, do you know somebody like that in your building complex? And I see a cat around her, a gray cat. I mean, I don't know everybody who does live here, so I will keep an eye out for her. I wouldn't confront her with anything, but it almost feels to me that it's not targeted against you so much as um, this being some sort of ritualistic thing. And again, it doesn't feel like it's a bad ritual to me. It does not feel like voodoo. It does not feel like anything negative is behind this. I also have the feeling, are you sure there's not some sort of, um, you know, bird or something that's laying these eggs? Like a chicken? No. <laughs> it would be a big bird. I wish. <laughs> no, and it's just like, I don't know. I just, I really don't like, I mean, I don't mind my apartment. I don't like the complex I live in. So I was just, Maybe she's maybe she puts it out there because she knows that and it'll heal me or something. No, no, I'm not getting anything that it's targeted towards you. It, it actually feels to me more that um, let's. I'm just giving this wild example that's coming to my head. Let's assume she's trying to accomplish something in her life, and she feels you know somehow you know northwest of her apartment is your apartment and that's the location that if she puts these raw eggs that's something you know terrific's going to happen like she'll win the lottery or something that's what it feels like to me that somebody's doing something and you just happen to be in that northwest location that's somehow targeting um what they want opposed to really targeting you in any way shape or form i don't mean th- i'm going to say something and I don't mean this to be a negative thing, but I'm not seeing you. It's almost like you're invisible to her. And I don't feel you're a real, like, you know, um, I, I, again, I don't mean this as an insult, but it's not like you're the, the bell of the ball there or the real community person that's in the center of everything. I don't feel that. And that's, that's a further reason why I'm not feeling that there's a targeted assault or attack on you. That's awesome. So, so Jill, I would just, I would just kind of be grateful for those eggs because to me, the egg has a good feeling to me. But what were you going to say, Paul? I was just saying, so you're not feeling that she's actually uh, connected to this very strongly, like it's not directed towards her or anything like that. Because I for me, who, like, ahead, I'm not a psychic, so so for me, my you know, I'm kind of a pessimist. The first thing I would say is like, oh, somebody wants to get you pregnant is what that means. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> because the egg, the egg represents fertility and life. Fertility. So of oh, course, yeah. somebody's, somebody's trying to tell you they want to make a baby with you is what, what I would say. But I'm not a psychic, yeah, so don't listen to me. Yeah, but maybe this woman that I'm picturing, this woman with the gray hair, maybe somehow that represents something to her birth, something. I mean, right. it, it, it's, oh, I love that you came up with that. I really do. Yeah. I do. There, there, Jim, do you, there, with your background, is is that like a, a ritual in white magic or in voodoo? Even is is a, a, an egg representative of anything to you? Yeah, and your your teachings. It's used a lot as a uh, as a purification tool. Interesting. Mm-hmm. 
So it could well be that someone's doing you a very, very good favor. Uh, it has a good feeling. Um, but uh, I found something on the Internet that says, a friend says oh, it's a brucaria. You're supposed to pee on it and sweep it with a broom into the trash without touching it. I, I don't know about that. I would do it. The lesson here is don't listen to Jim and, and I. Listen no, to Lady I Fontaine. would do it. I have a good feeling about that. No, I really do. Uh, I'm going to no, do I agree. it. I yes, agree. I, I agree. Do too. I don't, I don't do feel like it. it's a, anything negative about it at all. I think someone's doing you a favor. I think someone's helping you. Uh, and they may have seen that there's a problem going on, and they're trying to help you. Correct. Okay. Thank you. Oh, my God, I feel so relieved, and I'm going to oh, do good. that. Good. I, that, I agree. Pee on it and sweep it yeah. away. I have a good feeling. <laughs> I have a very good feeling about that. Just don't do it in public. <laughs> do it no, I'm right. And I'm don't touch it. Pee on it. Don't touch it. Make sure you don't touch it. Okay. <laughs> but I feel good about rot- it. If the egg was rotten or, or if, if it had herbs but it's or, not. It it's or anything not. like this, it's just an egg. Feel. No, I don't think no, I, I could feel it's pure. It feels good. That's yeah. awesome. Good. So anything else for her? Good. Thank you. All right, uh, Dion, thank you so much for the call. That was really interesting. Oh, that yeah. was. Thank you. <laughs> thank That's you. Great. So, Jim, let's get back into the divination here. What? Oh. Where did we leave off? I was a uh, screening call. Could I jump That's in okay. before no. you? Of course. Could I Go ask ahead. you something? Yeah. All right. I might have missed while I was off. Did you talk about tarot and feng shui yet? I did not talk about tarot or feng shui yet. I did not get okay. there yet. Okay. Then I'll, I'll just sit back and listen. But, well, actually, I, I did talk about tarot. I, did, I skipped right over it because oh. we were listing examples of uh, chaotic uh, base, chaos-based uh, divination. So carry on. Jump right in. All right, so what I want to say about tarot is that um, I have many times laid out tarot cards. And let's just assume for a minute I don't like what the tarot cards say. So I reshuffle and I shuffle it 50 times. I recut it 30 times. And I say, this is going to be a fresh reading. Lay out the cards. 80 to 90% of them are the same cards. Good, bad, or indifferent, they're the same cards. So when you talk about random or chaotic, I don't buy it. And I've even done it online the same way, that their same cards always come up for me if I have a situation going on. Okay, so I'm talking about randomness. I'm not talking about randomness being what's going on. Randomness is... Uh, when a computer or, or a person simulates the kind of events that would happen in nature. So when you're doing a tarot reading on your computer, you're actually a- executing a random event, which is a simulation, instead of actual a real event, which is what's necessary to tap into the energy that's coming to you through whatever, you know, the, the, uh, whatever circumstances are arising. But right. what about when I lay them out? What about when I lay them out myself? Yeah. My, my cards. Yeah. Yeah, I'm what? Not disagreeing with, I'm not disagreeing with you, Jill. <laughs> no, but I'm trying to understand this. Wait, uh, Jim, when you explained it to me, my understanding was that the, the chaos of the universe and, and the energies coming down, the tools of divination are thrown as uh, they catch a reflection of that. 
So if yeah. you're throwing the, the cards and you're getting the same cards every time, it's the same reflection of, of what. Yes, that I believe. You know, yes. So yes. that's that's well, what I, I took away yes. from that. That's However, exactly correct. And, and so chaos is defined as events that happen that have so many variables that you cannot possibly account for them all. And that includes outside you know, energy. That includes all the things that are contributing to how those outside energies are working. Just imagine the infinite number of variables that would be necessary to talk about whether your romance is coming up. So, yes, your cars would come out the same way over and over and over again. Uh, at least theoretically they should. Um, although the, the, the people who teach, I'm looking for a deck right now. <laughs> the people who teach these things usually say that you shouldn't do that because that's really kind of a, a bad thing. You know, well, because you're people. doubting. I think yes. you're doubting, and yeah, they don't like right. to be doubted. But well, I they, can't. They don't help like it. to be my, pushed in any direction either. Right, but my personality <laughs> is such that you know I, I just have to be sure. You, you take your risks. Well, next, for next show, even though we're doing yes. what men want, I'll have my tarot cards out right. and we'll try a sample reading. And that even against Jim's advice, I'll relay out the cards and see what happens. Okay. I've, I've seen that kind of thing happen where the cards that are laid out either are the same or the, they're, they're, they say the same thing, even though they're different cards, which is Yeah, but I get awesome. a lot of similar cards. I mean, I might get one or two different cards in a layout, um, but I, I get a lot of, a lot of the same cards. Uh-huh. And I do it to double check and triple check and quadruple check just to be sure. Okay. <laughs> Since we know how effective psychics could read for themselves. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, Jill, did we talk at all about um, psychic phenomena? No, is Jim done? I mean, is there anything yeah. feng shui to talk about? I, um, well, feng shui isn't a divination technique proper. It's included. But it's a manifesting almost technique. Well, well it, feng shui is a healing technique. It's like acupuncture. Oh. Uh, uh, and what it, it's, it's, it's healing based on how your home or your office, the places that you put a lot of time in, how those things are arranged so that they'll most support your health and, and your success. So, um, um, uh, and another piece of feng shui is reading the environment, reading the, reading the landscape. And that's a little like divination because they'll be looking for certain things in the context of your home that could, in fact, be harmful to you. And so they're giving you information that isn't obvious to everybody else, but to a feng shui expert, which, by the way, I've studied <laughs> with masters, um, um, they might look for, let's see, you know, what, what kind of hills are around your house? How is the land laid out? Is there, is there, is it fertile? Is it barren? Um, um, is, is there, there a water? river nearby? Yeah, right. is there a river nearby? And which way is it bending? Uh, or is there a street nearby? Because in Feng Shui, a street is often considered a river. So if yeah, there's energy. Yeah, but isn't that bad? Is, isn't that bad when there's a street, like directly no. going by your house? No, no, I thought that takes the chi away from you. No, no, it's just like a river. If the if the road wraps around your house, like it does mine, if the road wraps around your house, then it actually protects you. It's encircling you, mm-hmm. so it's holding you together. Uh, what form yeah. of feng shui do you do you Black study? Hat. Did you study? That's what I did as well. I don't yeah. have any math. 
masters or, you know, like I didn't well, study with what, anybody, but I learned what they, it. What they, what they said was kind of harmful is if the, if the road is like a T intersection and your house yeah, is the that end of I the know. T intersection, yes. that's really dangerous. Yes. Because uh, that's too much energy coming straight at your house. And so All they, right. And I, I have to make a comment on that when you're done. Carry on. Um, when I lived in Staten Island, not in my house, but then after I got divorced and I moved into, did you ever see, I don't know if you were ever at that place. Um, the townhouse? Yeah, it was the townhouse. Uh-huh. Not, not the house house. Yeah, I was a both. Oh, you were. Oh, you probably yeah. had a Halloween party. Yeah, I remember. I saw pictures the other day. I was going yeah. through photos and yeah, I saw. I was doing tarot there. readings. <laughs> and and I, I was actually going to bring along a picture because it was when you were that old sage guy. Yeah. Yeah. Do you remember the cane and everything? But in any event, um, that my neighbor was, was right. Who are you? Gandalf. Who is that? <laughs> the wizard from Lord of the oh. Rings. Oh, okay. Now at least I know now. Oh boy. All these years later. <laughs> what do I know, I know about who you're Lord talking about. <laughs> I know. I can see that you knew, Paul. Um, ha ha ha. <laughs> I'm a geek. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm not. Um, so uh, my neighbor's house was right at that T. There was that the road coming straight at his house, yeah. and his son got hit by a car and died. Yeah, I mean, a teenage boy. It was yeah. That's the kind really of stuff horrific. That right. right. No surprise. I've seen mm-hmm. a few houses, but interestingly enough, they put a tree right at the intersection. So it blocks But that's the, good. Yeah, right. that's good. I loved yeah. it. I thought it was great. Nice job. What happens to the tree, though? Is that a, 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 a lot of the energy? Or, yeah, a I was going to say, um, trees are, are big living creatures and... Uh, yes. If it's if it's getting that energy, it's probably not good for the tree. I, I because I'm sensitive to that, I tend to notice key intersections, and I notice whether the tree at the end of the intersection is alive or not. Some of the hardy ones can stand it, but uh, some of the weaker ones are having trouble. So and there's no way to create. Go ahead. All right, there's no way to create any protection for the tree. Oh, yeah. By using maybe concave or um, whatever type of mirrors or whatever. You can use a, a bagua mirror. A bagua okay. mirror, yeah. Bagua. Or you can use use a use a, a a a prayer written in Chinese that we that you would nail to the tree facing the road. So with feng shui, is it um, uh, concerned with mostly the flow of energy, or is there resonance and frequency alignment? What um, what types of energies is feng shui looking at? Mostly flow. Flow. Okay. Mostly flow. Yeah, it's it's kind of looking at the way energy is moving in your environment. It's not t- concerned about what kind of energy it is, uh, but there are ways to manage. Uh, uh, I learned an exorcism technique using chinpi, orange peels, dried orange peels. We would call it sage in our culture, but that we borrowed that from the Native American culture. But it's the same idea that, that you would put a candle and a plate and a bunch of dried orange peels around it. You would put the orange peel into the candle and walk around saying a prayer while you're saging the place with it. And it's a really good thing. We've done that at my yes. house. Mm-hmm. Um, That's fascinating. You were just saying something that I wanted to comment on. You were talking about um, feng shui being energy, not, not decided okay. which kind of energy. Mm, I'll think of it. I'll think of it. Okay. Okay. Um, do we want to go to our next caller? We have uh, another good one here. It's a little more serious. 
Sure. Are you ready for a call? I um, just want to remind our listeners, our number is 319-527-6216, 319-527-6216. We definitely want to hear from you. If you have any comments on uh, divination, anything to offer, if uh, maybe you know something that we're not touching upon, we would love to hear from you. Or if you just have a question and a story for uh, Lady Fontaine here for a psychic uh, reading and advice. Our next caller here is Karen, and it's a little more serious here. She recently had an upsetting health diagnosis, and she's looking for potential reasons for it or any advice you can give her uh, surrounding this diagnosis. Uh, I'm sorry, that's Dion. <laughs> Hit the wrong button. Uh, um, Karen, you are on the air. Can you please tell us your story? Thank you. Thank you. <clears throat> Yes, well, I've been on a healing journey for a long time, um, dealing with mostly systemic infections, hormone imbalances, things like that. Um, and I, I'm, I eat very well, mostly organic, um, vegetarian for the most part, uh, you know, very good, very clean, and I have for a long time. So I'm a little bit upset to find out suddenly I've been developing, been having pain in my left leg after walking a few minutes and back and forth with my doctor and chasing a bunch of tests. I was just diagnosed with um, a blockage, an artery blockage. And so it's kind of freaking me out. Yeah, I I understand. What are you going to do about the blockage? I mean, are you seeing a regular doctor to do something about that? Um, Well, I just found out, and my regular doctor probably is um, going over the results of the testing now, but I was told it's, it's not severe. It's not like I need to have treatment. You know, what was recommended is a lot of walking even if it's painful, but to stop if it's, you know, when it hurts and rest a little bit and then continue. And the theory is it's, you know, encourage the body to push the blood flow and create new vessels. I'm going to defer that part. I want to just interrupt you for one second to Jim because he's he's an acupuncturist and really great with health. Is that... What or, is that what you would recommend, or is there something else from just the blockage in our legs perspective? Because I'm feeling there's a blockage in energy due to something else that I'll talk about. But be, while she's talking about that, I want to hit that with you. Yes, uh, I, actually, it's a very good good suggestion to get the circulation moving. Um, I, I think an acupuncturist might be able to give you a hand too. Uh, uh, because we've learned the techniques for lancing, uh, but I don't know. I didn't get to hear because my phone, my 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 system went into uh, Stephen Hawking's mode, so I couldn't really understand <laughs> things that were going on. Uh, um, but I, I think you're talking about like a deep vein thrombosis kind of thing, a DVT. No, no, I don't have any clots or anything like that. Okay, good, um, good. This is an arterial thing, an arterial blockage. Is the blockage, or is this that they're shrink? They're small. Uh, well, you know, I don't know the details. That's okay. The tech, is, the tech was nice enough to tell me, Did but I haven't. Not like my doctor read the specifics of the report, or I read that. 
Do yeah. they? Do they? So okay. So they didn't give you any technical term for it. That's fine. I just wanted to get an idea. Um, um, uh, exercise, walking, especially with uh, 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 leg things, especially with calf things in the calf area, lower leg. Um, that kind of walking is really great because it really does force circulation heavily um, because as you're walking, your thigh muscles, your calf muscles are squeezing the vein and that pulls the blood away from the foot and back up to the heart. So they call that the second heart, the gastrocnemius mm-hmm. muscle. Uh, and it's, it's very useful to be walking because that would force your circulation in your legs to actually do a lot more work than they would if you were doing other kinds of activity. So, yes, walking is great. Um, um, but, again, I, I think herbs would, would be useful. We've got herb formulas that we would use for that kind of, kind of thing to handle uh, blood moving in veins and arteries. Uh, and, and do you have any outward signs, like things that are turning blue or, or just pain? Just pain. I see. Did they, is there the swelling? Sent, sent the, um, sorry? Is there swelling? No. Okay. okay. Good. Yeah, there were no outward signs. It's just okay. the pain, and so that's what drew me to check it out. Um, yeah, yeah. And he sensed that the, he, what he said was the blockage was on my side, just like a, maybe um, an inch or two, I think a couple inches above my knee. Uh-huh. But where I feel the pain is in the calves. Right. The calves are down to the ankles, somewhere around. So it's a referred pain. Uh-huh. But isn't that the common place where you usually feel the pain? Or is that where you usually get, you know, yeah, the blockages like, or clots? How about compression stockings? Is that helpful? Jim, that question was for oh, you. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm waiting for your answer. Um, um, compression stockings would not be helpful in this case because there's no edema. Uh, oh, edema, okay. yeah, you want to use that for the edema. Swelling. It okay. might hurt things because it would further obstruct the, the flow of blood. So I would avoid that. Um, okay. Um, but we, the condition we have, you're talking about, we call it in Chinese medicine, we call it stuck blood or, or, or blood stagnation. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, and we have things that have been used for thousands of years for moving that, and it's very possible that that could be of help. So I suggest you see an acupuncturist. And there's Um, also a supplement. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing it right. I don't have it in front of me, but serapeptase. It's an enzyme made from a silkworm or something that's supposed to actually eat away at um, clots and things of that nature. So if you're aware of that, there's a lot of information online that is really geared towards that um, and might actually help you out. But I want to talk to you after we get through, like, what to do with the symptoms. I really want to talk to you about your energy because I do feel some blockages in your energy. And I think that on some level that is, I don't know if it's the cause, but it certainly isn't helping you. Right. Um, oh, Jim, was there anything else before I sort of go into my thing here? Sorry, I'm back in Stephen Hawking's nose, so you'll have to take oh, over. okay. All right. All right. So <laughs> I'm feeling a bunch of stuff. There's actually um, – and I'm trying to really pinpoint where it is in your body. Um, it kind of feels – and Jim might be – if he's not in Steve Hawkins' mode – he might be able to tell me what meridian this is. I think it's the lung meridian going the 
uh, inside of the left shoulder blade around the rhomboids, is that the liver? Is that the lung meridian or what? Jim? Oh, he's in Steve Hawkins mode. We'll we'll ask him when he comes back. Do you have any pain or discomfort there or stiffness in that area? I don't think so. It's more in my uh, in the leg when I walk, or I try to do some exercise here. I feel it tight, starting to tighten up. Right. There's uh, the way it's coming through to me is um, almost like a black cloud in that area, and I really don't feel that it's so much um, an injury or anything like that. It really feels like an energy block. That's why when Jim gets back. I'm really curious to find I'm out here. what, oh, what do, the meridian uh, left inner part of the shoulder blade around the rhomboids. Is that the lung meridian? Because that's what I feel like it is. That's the bladder meridian. Oh. Urinary bladder. Uh, so if I'm feeling stuck energy in that area. Well, actually, let me, let me be a little more precise. Um, there's uh, certain acupuncture points that run along the, black, the bladder meridian down your back. Uh, uh, one of them rides right on top of the back muscles, and one of them is a little to the outside of that. Uh, the one that runs right on the back muscles, it, there are points on there that relate directly to certain organs in the body. So the lung point happens to be between the shoulder blades on the rhomboid. And that's what I'm feeling. Just below the, yeah, just below the tip of the, uh, the runway. That uh, is exactly the, what I'm feeling. Yeah. All right. Um, so if you have some sort of stagnant energy in the lungs, what would you suggest? Because that's what I feel it is right now. I really feel that. And would that cause the kind of uh, arterial issues she's going through? Or that, that could can... that be a cause? That's not where I would go with that, but the bladder meridian does run down the leg all the way to the outside of the foot. So it runs down the back of the leg down to the outside of the foot. Mm-hmm. Uh, so and which, which, which part of your thigh <clears throat> did they say it's in? Is it in the back part or in the front or in the side? I'm getting on where? the side. Is, where is it? Where he I, – I don't know. I saw oh, okay. it on the – on the front, but I'm, he didn't That's really where I'm me. getting it. The left, to me, it feels like it's like almost like the left, the outer part of a few inches above the knee, the outer part. Like, right. I don't know what that's called. But except the vascularis. The that's bingo, <laughs> I guess. The vascularis, whatever. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. My words, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but that's, that's usually the gallbladder meridian, which is a different meridian entirely. But uh, that's more information for you to play with. Um, if if I'm feeling stagnant energy in our body, what do we suggest? Because it seems like there's a lot of um, there's a lot of meridians involved here. I mean, I'm actually feeling. Let let me just backtrack a little bit before you hit that. I'm actually feeling um, between the ages of three and seven years old. Um, feels like a major, to me, it feels like a major um, life-changing event, a major trauma. Um, was there anybody who passed away or anything like that um, in your childhood in that period of time? Uh, well, we were living with my grandparents and uh, my grandfather. I was very close to my grandfather. He ended up, I believe, being more of a father figure to me. Um, he got very sick. It may have impacted me. I don't remember. 
and then somewhere also in that time period, I became very sickly. I missed a whole year of school. I had um, I had a history of pneumonia as a kid, and I that may have been what kept me out for a year. And my mother brought me my, brought my homework every day, and so I kept up with everything, and so I didn't lose time. It's a long story. And then right after that, we moved away from grandparents to a house on our own. So in that between three and seven, all that happened. Right. Um, when you were that saying was, that, obviously the impact with your grandfather feels pretty significant. But when you said the pneumonia and the lung issues with you, it's uh, there may be some remnants of something. Did, did they ever come up with a cause for that? Not that I know of. So all of a sudden, a pneumo- I, I came out of it and it didn't happen again. So I don't know. Um, and there's no scarring on your lungs or anything like that, correct? Well, there has to be. I've been told over the years. What, Jim, you were saying that there has to be? Because that's what I'm feeling. Anybody who has has had pneumonia has scarring in their lungs. Maybe not terribly severe scarring, but they have scarring. Oh. there, There feels like, energetically, the way it's coming through to me is um, the loss of your grandfather. What, what was his first name? Well, no, actually, he, he didn't die. He just got very oh. sick. And oh. life is he still around? No. Okay. Is what is his first name? Leo. He died in my mid, when I was in my mid-20s, so it hit me hard then. But as a kid, you must have thought he was going to die. Yeah, it was pretty serious, yeah. I probably did. And and the move that, when you made that move, that also feels like a part of you. To me, it almost feels, and, and you know, I don't know if you remember, but it, it feels to me like, almost like your heart is being ripped out of your chest. Do you have any recollection of that? I think so. I wasn't happy in the new house, and I missed my yeah. grandparents. Yeah. All of this, I feel, is somehow contributing to everything that we're talking about with your health right now. So, you know, Jim and I always talk about doing the inner work, and Jim and I have different, we have different but very similar techniques. We both use inner child work. I do it differently with my clients. Jim does it working with acupuncture. He's asking questions. I'm a very firm believer, and my background is in psychology and in psychology, the whole the whole system of psychology is changing now. It's gearing away from everything being in the mind to recognizing there's definitely a mind-body connection. And there's so many mm-hmm. techniques out there right now that I'm in the process of getting certified for that deal with that mind-body connection. And the first thing that we ask a client is, you know, we'll, we'll get into an emotion and then we'll ask the client, where in their body they feel anything and what that feeling is. And sometimes it's a clenched up feeling. Sometimes it's tension. Sometimes it's actually a good feeling, but there's a tremendous mind body connection because every single trauma they're discovering is locked up in our body. Now, Peter Levine is this great. And I have a lot of background in trauma because I'm a nine 11 survivor. So trust me, I've gone through a lot of trauma work, but Peter Levine is, he's a great psychologist psychologist and he's got a trauma center out in I think Santa Barbara California 
And he, I've read a lot of his books and he's got a very fascinating approach. And the approach is, before I tell you what the approach is, let me just make a comparison because he makes the comparison in his book. Um, if, do, do, do you have or have you ever had a dog? Yes. All right. So I, if a dog falls or, or you know, uh, is playing rough and gets knocked over or something happens to a dog, do you know the first thing that they do when they get up? Lick themselves? No, they shake off. Oh, that's, that's They shake off. And that is the technique. I mean, he has you shaking your hands, shaking your head, shaking your whole body, shaking your legs. And I find it helps move things around. I also found, and this is something I feel very strongly about you. I think this would help dramatically. There's something called network chiropractic. And it's, to me, it's very similar to Reiki, but it's way different. Um, when I say similar, it's that they use those same kind of like our Jim could probably, you know, because he's a Reiki person, aren't you, Jim? No. Oh, okay. Somebody Never else did Reiki. I know is that. Oh, okay. But <laughs> you know, they do why. all these crazy arm <laughs> movements and stuff like this, and they're touching parts of the body and all this stuff. So in that way, it reminds me of Reiki. But it's it look look at look at it up look at it. <laughs> Look up, Look up. You know what I'm trying. I Look it up it. online. Yes. <laughs> yes. Bingo. That's what I was trying to say. <laughs> um, network chiropractic. Um, I forgot the guy's first name. His last name is Dr. Epstein. He's the founder of it. Um, I can't remember his first name, but there's a He's lot of videos about it. Yeah, He's he is in Brooklyn. Brooklyn. He is but there's a lot. There's a lot of people that have learned his technique, and they're all over. I the place. go to somebody, you know, by me, yeah. and there's people all over the country. I have, um, I have a great book that he wrote called Twelve Stages of Healing. It's just wonderful to read. Yeah, so, I've read that years ago too. Yeah, it is a great book to read. That it basically works with your central nervous system. There is no uh, adjustment or anything like that. In fact, today I went to a network chiropractor, um, and they worked on me and my dog. Um, it's, and my dog just sits there. And then when, after she's finished doing one part, my dog walks away and comes back and looks at her with goo-goo eyes and says, could you do more, please? I mean, they love it. They could feel that energy. And I feel the release even when they're doing it on my dogs. I feel that would help you pretty dramatically, but I want you to do some sort of emotional work. If it's inner child work, if it's some sort of trauma work, with between ages three and seven that's coming through very strong in your energy and i really feel once you sort of work through that even if there's stuff that happened after that it's going to start fizzling and it's going to start at least moving the energy around but i would suggest that you i think what jim said is the best thing go to an act where are you located are you in new york for chance yes new york city all right jim isn't that far away go to him I'm telling you, he will work with you. <laughs> Am I allowed to say that? Yes, you are. <laughs> my phone number. Well, if you can give out your number. I don't know off the top of my head. It's it's in here. You know, it's in my phone. Yeah, um, yeah. But uh, I would really say go to Jim because he's going to be able to work with you with inner child work. He's going to be able to work with you with getting the blood flowing in your body. And he and his wife are pros with Chinese medicine. Yeah, and my wife's done a tremendous amount of work with trauma as well. I have too, but oh, she's a oh, lot more Oh, I didn't even me. know that. 
I have to go to Bingwei then. Well, there you go. <laughs> I have to move and, and belated happy birthday to Bingwei as well. Oh, yes, yes, that's yes right. today was her birthday. <laughs> happy birthday, Bingwei. God, I've known her for oh, 30 years. Kind of. <laughs> go right. ahead. I'm kind of curious and confused about inner child work. Um, I have done exercises uh, that are supposed to, you know, go back and reimagine it and release it and all that. And I, you know, I don't know if that it probably reimagining it isn't going to do it. It, it's it's a lot deeper than that. That's why. I mean, I'm a pro at it. I I I do in coaching with my clients. Jim, since you're in New York and he could probably help you with the acupuncture, um, he he could help you with the inner child work too. It's going yeah. to be way different. He's going to be asking you questions and he's going to be moving that energy around in your body while he's doing it. Plus, he's going to help your whole arterial situation. That's my feeling yeah. anyhow. My, my first exposure to inner child work was 50 years ago. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I've when been I involved with it for about your inner child, though. <laughs> <laughs> How old are you, Jim? <laughs> old Don't enough. answer that. Don't answer that. <laughs> that will incriminate me, too. <laughs> Don't you dare go there. We are 35. Uh, 35. <laughs> <laughs> Got it. <laughs> <laughs> that was the easiest argument I ever won with him in 30, 30 years. Uh, Mark this never, date. <laughs> never argue with a woman about her age. Nope. <laughs> At least you've learned that one. Okay, good. So, uh, you know, obviously you don't have to go to gym, but it's an option for you. If yeah. you don't, if you choose not to do that, Look at yeah. inner child work very carefully and try to find a practitioner that really knows what they're doing with it. Yeah, yeah. There's an army of acupuncturists that you would have passed if you came here anyway. So any one of them could probably help you with this. Right. Well, where are you located, and do you have a website? Yes, I do. It's it's uh, East West Healing that uh, sorry East West Healing dot info is the website. Okay, and are you in? Um... We're in, Hearts, we're in Westchester. Oh. What train? Which subway? Short ride on the, on the Harlem ride up towards Scarsdale. It's just short of White Plains. Stop before White Plains. Wow. So that's the, forget what you call it. <laughs> Jim, do you, do you, could you recommend anybody for her in the city? Uh, there's a few people I could. Um, um, you can find my phone number at that website and, okay. give me a call and give me a call, and I'll give you some referrals. Okay. Oh, wonderful. Sure. Thank you. Appreciate that, yeah. But do find someone that could really help you with the inner child work in that three- to seven-year-old age frame seems to me to be um, that you're repressing some stuff. And I believe it's way bigger. You know, you think back as an adult to any experience, and it's way different because we're thinking with our adult brains. But when you're a kid, some, a lot of things that you wouldn't think are a big deal are a real big deal, a real big deal. That can cause trauma. Right. Okay. But, All right. Well, Karen, but, thank you for your call. I mean, you have something more, Jill, for I her? was just going to say, but I just want to give her some reassurance. 
I think a lot of the work that you have done is sort of instrumental to getting you to where you are today. And I honestly feel that you're going to be fine. I really do feel you're going to be fine. And the one other thing I want to say is you didn't mention this to me, but you feel like you have ability to heal yourself. So um, what I just said is true. Heal yourself. You have the ability to do that. You are a healer. Did you know that? No. Well, I'm so well, you are. Everyone's a healer. No, I don't think there's anything special, you know, abilities that I have. Oh, I think you're wrong on that. <laughs> I really do think you're wrong on that. I believe this whole process is guiding you to something somewhere else. And you'll see. You'll see. Use this to your to your um, to your strengths and to your ability. I mean, use this to, to learn and grow because it's a great opportunity for you. Yeah, it's a journey. Well, I was wondering, you know, if spirit had a different perspective or a reason for this, for this going on. In my um, it's now. a growing and learning experience. Everything happens for a reason, and you're right on, on, on course. I, I work with my guides constantly, and they're guiding all the information that I'm telling you. So what mm-hmm. I'm telling you is coming from spirit. Great. Can I just ask you one more thing? Um, are you getting... Do we have time? What, do we have time, guys? We do. We have time for one more question. All right. Go ahead. Are you getting anything about what kind of healing I'm, you know, or what kind of healer I, I would be? Um, I, I, well, um, I see you using your hands, so I want to say some sort of energy healing. Um, it's not like Reiki or anything like that. It's different. It's more like pure, pure energy healing. Um, I, if you, I, there's something special about your hands. I don't know if you know it or realize it. Do you ever feel like tingling or warmth in your hands? <laughs> Rarely. I usually have cold hands. And mine are cold too right now. But what are you giggling about, Jim? What does that mean because, to you? Because I'm sitting here going, gee, you know, I'm going to try and tune into her energy and see. And I keep, you keep saying the things that I'm thinking. Oh. <laughs> so, yeah, I felt hands, too. Right. I, I was in that's the same interesting. place. That, yeah. That's interesting. Usually, usually my patients tell me my hands are almost hot because I'm, I'm working on them. It's just because they're healer's hands. And I feel if she really focused, see what I feel with you and and then we got to go, but I feel you resist, you resist your own abilities and your own talents and you downplay yourself. If you listen to the beginning of the show about empowerment, about honoring yourself, work on those things. And I know you do on some level, but give it thought because I think that's the answer for you. Okay. All right. Well, thank you for your call. Thank you. Thank you for all of you. Thank you for your time and your insight and your sure. so much. Oh, it's our pleasure. You, Good Karen. luck to you. Good luck with everything. That was a great call. That was a that, great call. That was really interesting. Really, yeah. that was. But, Jim, I thought that was really neat that we're thinking the same thing. And I, I really just scary. want to comment. <laughs> so, you know, one of us here is a psychic and the other one is very in tune with things. So um, even though he's a skeptic, big time skeptic. <laughs> Are you not? Did you not say to me that to not the a, other day? I don't like okay. that word. Okay. What's the right word? I'm, I am someone who uh, has to have proof that something isn't something that's explainable before I get to the point of allowing it to be something that's unexplainable. Uh, 
why don't we look up the meaning of skeptic? <laughs> Go ahead. Because that's, I think that's you'll my, find this picture right next to that that's definition. The, that's, the, <laughs> that's the dictionary definition. Right. But there's a yeah, group of people is. out there that call themselves the skeptics, and they run the magazine called The Skeptical Inquirer that I used to be a, a subscriber to, and they are not those people that I like. They're, they're not well, at all those people. Yeah, but I think you're, stero- you're using a stereotype of, of a magazine to say I'm not that, but I think your definition was pretty darn close to what I would say a skeptic yeah. is. I mean, you know, at least... Well, skept- these guys would say, no, nothing, nothing is unexplainable, so therefore I'm skeptical about everything. And that's the way they operate. So they don't believe in God. They don't believe in acupuncture. They don't believe in any of that stuff. I am not one of those people. I agree. You're not. Okay. Right, I mean, you. and actually, you know, if you were a real skeptic, would you really believe I was a psychic? Oh, no. No, no, I wouldn't be here. Exactly. Exactly. And would you believe in all the things that we do when we go – when we do paranormal investigations. Well, I would go along just for the laugh. <laughs> but you don't. You don't. You should oh, take no. a minute to explain how detailed you are in paranormal investigations. I mean, yeah. I'm the one who's pretty going around to the various rooms, feeling energies and picking up <laughs> you know, anything yeah. between sense or anything, and you're doing what? What are you doing when I'm doing that? I'm running around taking uh, maps of the, of the building and digitometer yeah. readings and yeah. all kinds of stuff all over the place, trying to get a good baseline to work from. Yep. Uh, yep. That's it. <laughs> well, that's why we that's work very well together. We do. <laughs> we are always fighting. We're always, well, we never fight. We just, <laughs> what, what would we call it? We have, you said it the other day. Hiatuses. Paul. What do we have? Yeah. What do we have, Paul? Spirited debates. You don't remember that guy that was at your wedding. I forgot what his name was that you were friends with. He traveled from New York as well. We took pictures by that antique car. Who, what was that? Your brother's car? Yeah. I don't yeah. remember the guy's name. We've had lunch with him a million times in the city years back. Um, and we always had our spirited debates. <laughs> and he used to just well. go, guys, don't you realize it? You're saying the same thing. This is all semantics. Uh, <laughs> I've had graduate <laughs> courses in semantics, and that's not what semantics is. <laughs> so, <laughs> perfect example. And here we go. <laughs> perfect example of how we disagree on everything. <laughs> so, Lady Fontaine, let's yeah. move on to your Thank specialty. You. Um, Thank you. What is um, you know, some people think that all psychics are the same. What are the differences between psychics and clairvoyance and all the different ways of kind of uh, interpreting energy physically and mentally and spiritually yourself? What are the different schools of thought there? All right. So you brought up a good word when you said clairvoyance, because I want to explain first what the and Jim being a linguist might jump in if 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 he has a different definition. But the word clairvoyant itself is actually a French word that means to see clearly. Do you agree I, with that, Jim? Yeah, yay, yeah, yeah. yay. This is the first time. So in the in the psychic arena, that's really come to mean somebody who has some sort of supernatural ability that can somehow tap into something and give you a reading. So typically a clairvoyant, you know, uses, well, they're very popular techniques. And I'm going to talk about the specifics and the specifics that I talk about 
are not unique to, um, you know, like I, I can't make any generalization and say that all psychics use all of these techniques. Some psychics may use one. They may use all, you know, five of them. As we're going through some of them, I'm going to tell you which ones I use. But um, basically, I'm going to backtrack even a little bit more before I go on with this, Um, because there's something important, is that anybody who can read energy uses some, like they say, sixth sense. And there's some way, and I don't know how I tune into energy, but I do. And that's my forte, being able to read energy. And when I do a reading for somebody, I'm giving them details, like down to, like, the, the true nitty gritty, like I could tell you your whole history. Let's assume I get a, a new client for life coaching. They don't know me any, they don't know I'm a psychic. They go to my regular website and I'm a life coach. And they start talking to me about, uh, I've got this job and I hate my job and all this other stuff. I'm reading their energy and this is why I do what I do rather than be a a traditional therapist because if I was a traditional therapist, I would have to like be in this little box (laughs) and follow Mm -hmm. the, you know, Mm -hmm. the, the, there are, there are, you know, rules. It's just like a doctor. I mean, you know, there's things that you have to follow as a life coach. I could do anything I want. So I'm seeing immediately where there is, you know, trace back to. So I'm going to be guiding them to, you know, in a very gentle way, sometimes not so gentle, but we'll get to that place where we can get to the cause of problems. Because what I always say to clients is, if I can't fix you, and whatever that means, that means improve your life greatly in 10 sessions, then I'm not the right person for you. And then my techniques aren't right for you. We're in therapy, you know, you're going to be in therapy, you know, for quite an extended period of time. But that's where my ability to read energy comes in. And what they really call that is extrasensory perception, which is ESP. But I do it different. And I don't know how I do it, but I'm very good at doing it. And that's something that I've just developed. And I'm going to talk in a couple minutes about different ways that I really learned how to be, to, to, I don't know if the right word is control or access my psychic abilities. But in any event, what typically what what psychics do is they're using some senses senses if it's their ability to hear to see to feel and i'm going to go through what those actually are but psychics can use any of them or all of them and i think when you're getting a reading you should really ask them you should understand what their forte is because let's assume you go to somebody whose forte is and there are psychics that specialize in the ability to um, perceive things through their their nose, through the sense of smell. And if you have a love issue, that might not necessarily be the right kind of psychic you want to go to. I would say go to more of a clairvoyant and and or anybody who's going to get information in a different way. What I use the sense of smell for is there are times that, for instance, if I'm smelling roses, I know my mother's around. My mother was a florist and her name was Blossom. So we got the, you know, the, the flower bit coming in from every direction. Um, and there are times that I would smell certain, like a gardenia. And I know if I mention uh, Marfic and Nakar, who are they, Jim? Her, your angels. Exactly. 
And I've had situations where I'm doing work, especially healing work on people, and they could actually feel the wings of my angels surround them, and then they'll smell gardenias. So that's where, for me, the sense of smell comes in. And typically, when somebody does have that ability to have that sense of smell, it's usually when they're attracting or perceiving some sort of spirit. It's not usually something if somebody has a love issue. Oh, I smell roses. That means, you know, you're getting married. I wouldn't buy that. I really wouldn't buy that if somebody said that. But clear audience is hearing. And that really manifests for me in an inner voice. When, I, when I'm doing a psychic reading, I'm not really hearing a voice, an external voice, say anything to me. Even when I work with my angels, I'm not hearing. I, I'll often say to to Jim, oh, I'm hearing one of my angels in my left ear. And when I channel, it's always coming through my left side, always. When I'm psychic, it can come through either. But when I'm, when I'm being a medium, it always comes through my left ear. And again, it's not that you're actually hearing that voice out loud. You're, you're hearing it in your head. Um, and it, it, it's not, I mean, it, it's not a different voice. It's just guidance. And, um, I'm always communicating, even when we were talking to Karen, and she said she wondered what spirit said. I'm always communicating with spirit when I'm doing a reading. There are times that spirit, my guides, will interrupt me and go, ah, 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 and then I'll say, wait, 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 my guides are about to say something. And then I'll listen, and I will always follow whatever they say because they can see the big picture. I'm a human being. I could only see this narrow version of what we could see in the physical realm. Well, I, I guess I'm outside of the physical realm, but you know what I mean. They could see the huge, huge picture. Do you have a comment on that? Nope. <laughs> About the physical realm there? All right. Mm-hmm. So um, clairvoyance, as I said, is basically seeing. And again, the same thing. It doesn't mean, let's assume that I'm feeling that someone's going to go on a boat ride and they're going to meet somebody. I'm not literally seeing a boat in my living room. You know, I'm seeing it in my mind's eye. And I might just get a glimpse of it. And then I get this, which I'm going to talk about in a minute. Then I get this feeling of love. <laughs> so I know that means that something, you know, connect the dots here. Both love, something is going to happen. Because if I'm getting the information, it's significant. What I, the information that I usually don't get is that, oh, uh, Joe will call you today for five hours. I mean, I've had clients ask me those questions and I'll say, oh, wow, I feel it's close. You're probably going to hear from them today. And they get back to me and say, yeah, I'm right. But when we're talking about something that's really far out, time is a very hard thing to predict because in reality and spirit, there's no time. All time happens at the same time. So um, one of the most significant techniques that I use is the ability to feel and Oftentimes, it's combined for me anyhow. And like I said before, if I'm seeing a boat and getting this warm, fuzzy feeling, then I know somehow that's connected with love or something like that. Sometimes I get a feeling of rebirth or energy, or sometimes I get the feeling of danger, danger. When we were talking to, uh, who was it that had the egg? Oh, that was Deanna. Deanna? I knew right away the second she said it that there was nothing, nothing negative about that. To me, it felt like 
birth, rebirth. And then you yeah. said fertility. I mean, that didn't even dawn on me when I was saying it. But it's, yeah. it, it, I base a lot of things on feelings. There are some psychics that only use feelings and or reading auras. Um, but this, for so, me, is my primary method of, of reading. So, so my, my wife just got some things shipped from China. And one of them was a little bracelet made from meteorite stones. And she handed it to me. And I was just, you know, oh, that's interesting. And all of a sudden I noticed that I'm feeling the feeling in my wrist that tells me this thing is charged and it's not a good charge. I'm going to tell you a story about that in a minute. Okay. But, yeah. So what did you do with it? Uh, we cleaned it. And, and then it was okay? It's okay. Yeah, of course. All right. I want to tell you what happened. This was like, oh, I must have been in my 20s. So I'm not going to mention how many years ago. That was two, 10 years ago. <laughs> So well, I didn't see anything. It was five see, this is why ago, I don't Joe. like the camera. <laughs> That's why I like it. <laughs> uh, let's go All back right, to radio. So, okay, no, 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 no. I waited too long for this. So, <laughs> and, and Paul worked too hard for this, for us to go back to the radio. So, um, I was in my 20s and there was an ad like in one of those Inquirer or one of those magazines that my mother used to read, those, you know, those newspapers. And it said, you know, get this uh, meteor something or something from another planet. I don't remember what it was. So I ordered it. In fact, we ordered two. So my mother had one. It was a necklace. My mother had one and I had one. Well, let me tell you that our whole lives started to crumble. It was like the most possessed piece of anything I've ever had. I ended up saying to my mother, we've got to drive like a hundred miles away and bury this. I don't want it anywhere near me. Uh, and we did that. We drove far away and I buried it. It just felt so negative and so evil to me. Um, I didn't really know what I was feeling when I first got it. Um, or I didn't understand what the, I mean, I think I felt something, but I don't know that I understood what I was feeling, but man, that was not good. So I'm really wondering, because that's weird. You got something now and I got Is something. That, would you categorize that as clairsentience? Um, as far as being able to feel or. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, that what you did. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I was wondering. Yeah, absolutely. Just like with crystals. Mm -hmm. uh, for me, crystals do nothing. Absolutely nothing. I mean, I could feel a crystal and feel a little bit of a charge, but crystals don't have a big effect on me at all. Right. Um, me too. But they are very powerful. But people who do, you know, they could just touch it and feel all this amazing energy. I don't. Yeah. Maybe I need blood running through the body <laughs> to really be able to do my thing. So you're going to vampirism? Is that it? No. <laughs> yeah, I just called somebody a vampire the other day. <laughs> well, let me into that. I have a question for you because you know, we're going yes. through all these different um, ways of uh, being clairvoyant. Um, most people are only familiar with uh, like the famous psychics we see on television. And several years back, South Park did a, a whole episode. I think his name was John Roberts from oh, yeah. Long he, Island. He's a medium. He's a medium. Right? Yeah. yeah. 
so yeah. there's people like that out there that, that do what uh, they're called cold readings. And they're basically using very smart questioning techniques to fish for information. Um, and there's a television show, Psych, where this, this, this kid who's like a psychology major knows how to do this. And he passes himself off as a psychic to solve crimes. But he just knows how to ask the right questions and, and manipulate the information to keep that information coming in. I don't see you doing anything like that. So I don't do that. How do you feel like when you see someone that claims to be a psychic and they're just basically doing these carnival tricks, um, asking the right types of questions, what does that do? You know, how does that feel um, when you see people do that? There was a very famous psychic who's written a million books and she used to be on a TV show regularly. And I actually know the brother of the TV host that, she was on all the time. And I, I was, it's upsetting. It's really upsetting. Yeah. Um, even when I get a client calling me, I say, don't, don't tell me anything. I don't want, I don't, I don't want anyone to tell me anything. The only right. reason why we, Jim starts the story here and I don't ever ask questions about it unless I'm asking them to confirm what I'm picking up is because this is radio. Uh, at, the, at you know when when a client calls me, I do I start in. I will tell them before they tell me. Um, it's upsetting. Um, that particular medium, I never heard that about. Actually, the woman I was I was mentored under Suzanne Northrup. She's a great medium, and I remember when I well actually Jim was a big part of my being able to be a medium. Do you remember that? Yeah. How hard yeah. we worked on that. Yeah. Um, I mean, I've always had the ability since I was a kid to communicate with the other side, but I didn't know how to turn it on. I didn't know how to turn it off. And really, who wants to have, you know, voices in your head all the time? <laughs> but yeah. um, we, Jim and I used to work every single weekend on me being able to do this, to do what I do now. We work every single weekend. And actually, the way we started, I don't have a deck of tarot cards with me. But let's pretend that this is a tarot card right here, pretend. And basically, it would be face down, and I would just hold the card like this. And Jim would say, just whatever you pick up, and he would write it down. And let's just assume, you know, I'm picking up water, or I'm picking up colds, or I'm picking up sharp edges, or yellow, or whatever I pick up. He would write, write it down, and then I would look. And somehow it would tie into the card. I mean, I'm very good at doing this. And I even told you in pre-production that way back in, I almost said the year, um, way back when I was younger, <laughs> um, quite a while ago, though, I was dating this New York City cop, and he took me to a bar on his beat. And we became very friendly. I became friendly with the bar owner and we were talking and the guy I was dating said, she's a psychic. And then they go, okay, so tell me what you could see. And I started telling him all this stuff. And he's like, how did you know that? And he figured that the guy I was with told him all that stuff. So I said, do you have a deck of cards handy? A regular deck of cards. And he goes, uh, oh, I will find it. And they did. They brought out a deck of cards. And I said, pick a card. Don't show it to me. And he would pick the card, and then I would say, uh, is it a heart? And he would go, yeah. Uh, is it a picture card? Yeah. Is it a king of hearts? Yeah. 
How did you do that? I mean, one after the other, after the other, after the other, after the other. Now, I'm not always that good. That night I was on, and I was great. And there was also one time, um, Geraldo, Geraldo Rivera one time had the psychic test, and it was 10 questions. And my ex-husband was sitting next to me, and I answered the questions. Two questions I changed. Um, I got eight out of 10. The two that I changed were the ones I got wrong, which I thought was really <laughs> phenomenal. I would have gotten 10 out of 10. And I have been tested, and, and I do test in the very high 90s. For accuracy. So I don't have to ask questions. I perceive it or I don't perceive it. But it is upsetting and there are a lot of fake people out there. That's why a lot of my clients have been with me for 10, 15, 20 years because they've tried other people and they always come back. So let me see if there's anything I missed because there's so many different ways to read it. Oh, the best one of all is clear cognizance. And this is when, and I get this so infrequently, but some. What I consider that is like a magical feeling that I have that I interpret as whoever my client is, that it's fate. It's like a a magical divine feeling that no matter what choices you make, because I believe even in any reading that any psychic gives you for that day, literally the next and decide to change your whole life and that's going to change your whole path sometimes i see people are at crossroads sometimes i see that you're going to have choices to make and if you make this choice so and so is going to so and so is going to happen and if you make that choice something else is going to happen but when clear cognizance comes in it's like this divine message from above that shows me this is your fate this is your destiny only happens about maybe five or less than 10% of the time, because I believe free choice can change anything, any psychic or any, or even anything you feel about yourself. um, You could change just by making a different choice. You could change your whole path, but not when it's clear cognizance. We're running short on time here. We're almost done. What advice would you give to someone who feels like they have the potential to be psychic? How can they develop their abilities? All right. There's a lot of ways. Like I was saying before about the tarot cards or regular cards, I would say get something and don't look at it, hold it, any and everything you pick up, you should write down or have somebody write down and keep on doing that because that's an excellent way for you to start using that ability to feel and perceive. And don't ever put yourself down. Even if you've gotten everything wrong, laugh at it. Um, At some point, or just understand it's a learning experience. I have three envelopes here. We don't have time for it today, but there are pictures in each one of these envelopes. Next week, I'm, next show, I'm quizzing you guys and anybody who's viewing it. Nobody knows what's in here but me. And I'm going to test you guys and see. Jim has done this before with me, and he's been amazing. Now, I know you can't touch it, but I can't touch a caller either when they call in. Right. You just zoom into the energy. So do you think you guys could do this? I would love to try that. All right. So we're going to do it at the beginning of the next show. Sounds great. Well, we have just enough time for one last caller. We'll do it real quick. It's an unusual situation here. We've got Wendy on the line. Wendy has a situation with a department store where they've caused her all kinds of grief, losing one of her orders. And she wants to know, uh, she connected with Andrea and customer service. When will this be resolved? Is this have anything to do with a wedding? 
I'm not. Well, let's see. Wendy, are you are you still with us? Hi, I certainly am. God bless you, Lady Fontaine. Oh, thank you. Um, Does this have anything to do with the wedding? Uh, No, it does not. But I I placed an order for some dishware several weeks ago, about a month and a half ago. And when I received it, it didn't look as nice as it did online. So I called and uh, it's a fiasco. Um, They, man was going to send me a label but I said, well, I have three boxes. And he said, you can print it three times. And I said, no, that's not going to work. I called again, and a man arranged for a major, major parcel carrier that we know came out and put two extra, two labels on the other two boxes. Two of the boxes went to a local mace, uh, warehouse, and um, uh, I was refunded $305 pretty quickly. The other box was shipped 2,000 miles away to Oklahoma by mistake. Oh. But they have scan proof and everything else that the warehouse got it. And basically, my online shopping has been uh, stopped. Uh, it triggered something because it was an expensive order. And I called and I spoke to a beautiful person by the name of Andrea. She treated me like like a princess. And she, she reinstated my online shopping immediately. And then uh, I asked her if she would call me in a week just to make sure everything was okay. And she said yes. She actually said the words, I'll make sh- I'll see to it personally that your account is kept in running order. Well, it went it went gluey again. Um, it's I, I'm not allowed to do online shopping, and I think they sent me a letter. So I'm trying to reach her, and um, I've left several messages. She works remotely from home, and she works swing shift. Will she call me, or will I will I be able to be connected to her? Will she treat me as nicely as she did the first time and reinstate my online shopping? Now, is she? did you escalate this? Is she somebody you escalated it to or not? She is a supervisor in the department that handles this kind of issue specifically. Okay. All right. Because I was getting um, supervisor or escalate. So, yeah. She, um, yes, she is a supervisor, yes. Yes, you will. Um uh, you know, you might have to really chase after it, or you might say that you want to escalate it to her manager or to her supervisor, and you're going to get action. Um, I believe whatever's going on is um, a big mistake. I mean, it really is a problem. I mean, you're being flagged for some reason in their computers, yes. but it's but it, it is like an override or something that they could easily do. And I do believe you will get, Andrea, and I do believe... If you have to say, well, then I need to speak with her supervisor, do that. Because keep, keep going up until you get it resolved. And let the, make sure they understand that it keeps on happening and it's unacceptable. Right. So um, when do you see me being soon. reinstated for my online shopping Very soon. privileges? Very soon. I would say the maximum two or three days. It does not feel far in the future. Oh, thank you. Can I ask you about my hearing aid issue real quick? Do we have time, guys? Unfortunately, well, no. We're five minutes out, so we have to cut it short. Call well, back God next week. Call you. back next time. Yeah. All right, thank you. Thank you, Dion. Good luck with sh- that. I love your show. Everybody's wonderful, and thank, thank you, sir, you, as well. 
and you made me feel comforted, Miss Fontaine. So I think you said you. it will be resolved in two or three days. Right, and call us back or send us an email or something and let us know. Thank you, okay. Wendy. I will, God bless both. So I thought that would be a, a fun call to have towards the end, something a little lighter. I know. <laughs> right, it is a little bit lighter. We had some, so, but we had some great callers tonight. We did. Yeah, what a fun show. We just want to thank all of our listeners for uh, tuning in and for all our viewers that are checking out the live stream because this is all new to all of us and a uh, fun experience. Um, next time is going to be Thursday, May 6th, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And the topic is often requested, What Men Want. So we're going to have some exclusive tips from you, Lady Fontaine, on how to get the man. So you don't want to miss this show. Lady Fontaine is going to share all her secrets. So please visit Lady Fontaine at LadyFontaine.com for a reading or life coaching. And those listeners in New York, please visit Jim at East West Healing Arts in Hartsdale, New York. The website is EastWestHealing.info. Facebook page is forward slash East West Healing Arts. I have my own show on PureRockRadio.net on Tuesday nights at The Rock Show. And we just want to say thank you, everyone, for tuning in tonight. It was a, a great experience for all of us. It was. Thank you. So good night, and we look forward to seeing you next time on Eye on the Future. Another great show thanks to our callers and wonderful listeners. Be sure to follow us here on Blog Talk Radio and on Facebook. Check back regularly for info on our next show here on Blog Talk Radio on Thursdays at 9 p.m. Eastern Time. If you miss a show or want to listen again, you can listen to the podcast anytime here or on iTunes. Signing off from all of us here on Eye on the Future. Blessings and